In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, I, I don't know exactly um, what, what I should say this morning. I mean, this text is just, I, 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 I didn't get by the first verse. I mean, it starts out, it is fitting. It means it's a it's appropriate, it, it's it's proper. It's the way it's supposed to be. It's it's by design. That God should make the author, the founder. I think this translation says the architect, the the one who saw it through from from planning to execution should should make him suffer. Salvation is supposed to be liberation from suffering. Back to Eden not heading into the midst of trial and tribulation. Suffering is, according to the verse, the opening verse, is supposed to bring many into glory, but glory and suffering are opposite ends of my spectrum. I just really wasn't sure what to do with this passage at all. Uh, excuse me, Professor. Uh, <clears throat> But isn't this passage about what you systematicians talk about with your theology of the cross? Hmm. This may seem like weakness and foolishness to you and me, but stop me if I'm wrong. Isn't Paul's point that in his suffering and death, Christ reveals the very wisdom and power of God? Good point. And that is exactly what Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. Christ came to tackle all our enemies, sin, death, devil, flesh, guilt, shame, every one of our vulnerabilities. He came to swallow them all up, to bury them all in his tomb. When Christ moves into our skin, when he moves into our tombs, he takes suffering and death and all that go with them into himself and he beats suffering and death at their own game. It really is, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, impossible for us with our, our desire for signs or for proofs or for experiments that will we'll nail it all down. It's impossible for us with our logic but his suffering is exactly what God ordained as his own exhibition of wisdom and power. His suffering saves those who trust in his word, his word from the cross, despite its foolishness and weakness. And Paul tells us that, is, that it is precisely in what seems foolish and weak that God is demonstrating his own power, not, for instance, in Paul's rhetorical skills or persuasive powers. <laughs> then he must really be wise and must really be powerful. Because from our point of view, the cross is absurd. And yet at the same time, it is God's instrument to destroy death. It is what makes sin cease as the defining factor in our lives. It is the devil's defeat once and for all. 
The fact that the writer to the Hebrews uses the word fitting emphasizes that God did not just stumble onto the situation in which he got himself crucified. This was his plan all along. Ephesians 2, he destined us for adoption as his children through Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood. The theology of the cross. Uh, But I had another problem. The author or the founder of salvation is Jesus, and he doesn't need to be made perfect. The word is the same as the report on Jesus' word from the cross. It is finished. It is perfect. And those words occur right after John writes that Jesus knew that there on the cross he had completed, perfected, all he had to do. It is also the word in John 17 in Jesus' prayer to the Father. I have brought you glory on earth by completing, by perfecting, the work you gave me to do. And that is how God connects with us here on this earth. He came into our existence, and Christ creates his own glory by being lifted up. That's a term for exaltation. (laughs) But he has himself lifted up on a cross. Those of you who were here Sunday afternoon and heard Bach's um, uh, St. John's Passion may remember that it opens with these two currents in tension. The opening chorus goes in English translation, Lord, our Master, you whose name has everywhere most glorious fame, glorious fame, shows us how you in pain and woe through which you, Son of God, did go at every time in darkest hour, in darkest hour, were glorified with God's own power. The English translation later um, of, of Bach's um, uh, Passion translated, when he got to John 19.30, translated uh, what we usually say it is finished as it is full-filled. It is fulfilled. O consolation for all afflicted spirits, this night of woe lets me count Christ's last hour as my own. And then there's a change in tone. This night of woe lets me count his last hour as my my own last hour. The warrior from Judah conquers with might and ends the strife precisely in that hour of his death. It is fulfilled. I've got one more problem. Oh, okay. I don't know about this. This all this it just makes Jesus too human. I mean, we are his brothers, but you could easily fall into adoptionism that way. It almost sounds in this pericope as though Jesus is just some superhuman human being. I suppose that is a risk God took in becoming a human creature. But he is human. He is really human. Real human blood dripped from the cross. His real human body turned really stiff and cold. There remained holes in his hands even after he rose. No doubt about it, he was like us in every way. 
minus the rebellion against God and the disobedience to his law. Yeah, and we tend to take it for granted even as we approach Holy Week. But, but God's plan for restoring our salvation brought the second person of the Holy Trinity into our flesh and blood and skin. And you know how it goes on. The plan was from the beginning to eliminate the one who has the power of death to beat the devil at his own game. The plan was for the author of our salvation, Jesus of Nazareth, true God, to die in order to reclaim life by doing away with sin, way away, hidden in Christ's tomb. And that is the sacrifice of the atonement of the propitiation that eliminates the power of the devil and the power of death at one stroke. And this merciful and faithful high priest takes his experience with our suffering and death and he coaches the Holy Spirit in his ministry of life that comes to us each day to restore our righteousness in the confidence we have in the death and resurrection of Christ, in the practice of the life he rose to lead us to live. <laughs> That's worth celebrating. Next week, ah, let's celebrate it all the way to Pentecost. We celebrate it all the way into life everlasting. That's the way it is on this eve of Palm Sunday in our Lord's year 2010. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.